What's good, peoples? This is um, Big Seth from the Industry Code Sign back at it. I have a very um, cool guy who's a politician. And, you know, years ago, politicians weren't really cool. But if they weren't, he's definitely changed that um, that description with being in office now. Um, great. I mean, like, I, I don't even know how long we've known each other, but Ooh. great rapper, um, excellent producer, actor, activist, like anything that Anything but criminal. That's what he is. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I want to introduce, um, I've always known him as Do-It-All, but now he's Councilman Dupree Do-It-All Kelly. Um, And I'm going to let him basically give a little brief brief bio because he's done so much that I can't even keep up and I don't want to miss anything. And I'm pretty sure he'll miss miss a thing or two. But once again, um, good afternoon, Councilman. Hey, sir, we've known each other probably since we were teenagers man i can remember being 17 years old so i know you can't be that much older or younger than me so but and we're gonna put that accent on my e by saying do pray yes not do pray (laughs) now but what up man Man, we learned known each other people man you know my (sighs) friends are better than yours everybody (laughs) out there i i know him he doesn't know me right like (laughs) Said is a said is that guy, man. He's been around. You talking about industry cosign? This guy is is the cosign of the industry for years and years. But to everybody that doesn't know, my name is Dupre Kelly, uh, better known as Do It All from the legendary hip hop group Lords of the Underground. Excuse me, Councilman Dupre Kelly. Um, I am the the first platinum selling hip hop artist to ever be elected to an official, um, an elected official seat in the politics, man. That deserves the (laughs) And, um, you know, had a great career with Laws of the Underground. We're still on the road to this day, uh, which tells you the the, uh, consistency and and perseverance and the stamina of hip hop going into 50 years. You know, we're in our 50th year of hip-hop. I never thought that I would see it. Um, I'm a native of Newark, New Jersey. Shout out to my my, my hip-hop brothers, DJ Lord Jazz and, and Mr. Funky Man. And, you know, and, and now I'm, I'm at the table to, to make legislation, something Tupac and I talked about years ago. And uh, we're here, man. And I'm happy for you, too, Said I'm happy to see you still grinding, still doing your thing, man. I'm still trying, man. But, you know, definitely congratulations on entering successfully into politics. And I've, I've always been one ever since I was younger because I've, I've always been into politics and I've always been into community as well. So seeing where hip hop started, realizing that there will be somebody involved in hip hop. And I, I mean, excuse me, in politics. And I, I'm happy to know you personally that you Bye. were able to do it. So definitely props and I mean, I know I've, I've I've talked to you before on Industry Cosign a couple of years ago. And, That's right. <laughs> once you, when you were told me you were running and everything, I was just so caught up for a lot of things. Then when I decided to do my podcast again, I was like, I definitely have to speak to you. That's why I, I was, you know. And, and you know what? Shout out to Shine too, man. Shine Barrow. Yes, because he's the, he's the first in the world. You know, he won um, as a leader of the opposition party in Belize City, Belize. So he's considered the first in the world. 
I'm considered the first in the United States of America only because he was in Belize. And if I would have won last time, then I would have been the first in America and in the world. But uh, shout out to Sean because uh, he was in the city living it up last night. You know, I ain't going to say where, but he was with uh, – he said it looked like he had his whole cabinet with him. They were eating well. And uh, so he's definitely in the city. My, my brother, shout out to Sean. And um, when I won, he gave me a holler and he called and, and you know, congratulated me. And he came to, to uh, Newark, New Jersey, uh, myself and, and the great mayor, Rajay Baraka. Uh, we made sister cities. Newark, New Jersey is sister city with Belize City. So two hip hop dudes making their hometown sister city, you know, sister cities. It's just amazing to me, man. And all I want to say is that, you know, there, there are many more to come. So that that's 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 the good thing. And I right, definitely want right. I definitely give a shout out to him because based on his background and what he went through and still rising above all of that to you know to, to have such an esteemed position. So that's definitely a plus. Yeah, but, definitely, man. But let, let's 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 just go into the I mean, like you like you said, it's the 50th anniversary of hip hop. Now you you know we're going to go back and forth between politics and hip hop because that's yes, yes. And, and and as people already know. These are conversations for me as opposed to interviews or Q&As. So it can go anywhere, however. But I, I definitely want to um, get your thoughts on, because you, you made a statement saying you never thought you'd see that it would be 50 years old. Um, coming up in hip-hop, what did you envision when you were younger how hip-hop would be at this point in time? Man, when I was younger, you know, I first got into hip-hop in, in 1979 when my, my uncle came home from the Army my uncle Daryl, Uncle Rob Beam, as they called him, you know, he bought that Sugar Hill uh, Rapper's Delight record home. And I didn't even realize that they were from Jersey, yeah. you know. Um, so when he bought that record home, it sounded different than what my mother was playing in the living room, you know. So I, I said I gravitated towards it. And, you know, I, I started to try out the culture. And what I mean by trying out the culture is I tried to break dance. I wasn't that great at that. So I started to pop a little bit, you know, um, I started out um, trying to to beatbox, you know, I, I couldn't get the bass too, too, too heavy like I needed or the, or the tweet is the rock like I needed, you know, and, and graffiti. I tried that, but but my my penmanship wasn't wasn't really great. And DJing, you know, I, I couldn't really blend or get the cuts, you know, kind of sliced up real nice like I needed. But what I did notice is that. When I when I put rhythmic words together and in, in, in the form of raps that that people gravitated towards me and um, I had this this uh, this capability of emceeing you know moving the crowd and and uh, you know I, I didn't really think that it'd go this far I thought that it was just a hobby to me you know I thought that I'd be a New York Yankee before I would be a platinum selling MC a, a plat platinum selling recording artist you know. You know what's funny? I mean, based on my observations, because I don't know if you know, I'm sure you know. I I, I went to school with Slick Rick and Dana Dane, MC. Yeah, yeah, so, I know that for you. Yeah. I I I say I tell people that the people who were successful that I personally knew were people who definitely took the the game serious, but didn't take it as serious to think that it would become the career that it became. But then there were people that were trying and trying and trying, still trying and still haven't um, achieved um, their goal of becoming successful recording artists. And I say that because um, that's, that's a that's, great observation. 
Yeah. And, and, and I, I, I think it, 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 I think the audience itself, or, or, or they say real recognize real. And I think that's what it is because if you have a natural talent and you, you're, um, you're doing it and other people notice, you know, that's where it starts to get elevated where you have other people that's like, yo, I'm better than this person, better than this person. I can do this, that, and the other, but then they're still doing the same thing 20 years later on the same street. And no disrespect right. to the people that haven't succeeded in that fashion, but I've also noticed that um, with the people, like I said, that I came over that I know that that's, I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you say about that when, when it comes to the people who try the hardest didn't really get far, but the people who just flow with it, like they became successful? I think when you, when something is innate, right? When something is natural, you take that and then you explore it and, and see creativity. I can tell you, I can't tell you what it is, but I can tell you what it is not. Right. And, and creativity, it, it has a time limit to it. It operates uh, with the open and free mind. Um, when you start dealing with creativity with a closed mindset, yeah. it's not really going to move like, like it's supposed to move. And what I mean by that, right? So, an open mindset is is open to make mistakes, yeah. or we don't see them as mistakes because we're allowed to be creative. Creative is mistakes. You know, there's some mistakes that people have made that have become billion dollar industries, right? Yeah. And, and so we can't really call it a mistake when you're in creative mode. And creative mode has a time limit to it. And once that time limit stops, you have to transition and move somewhere else. For instance, if, you're, uh, if you ever had writer's block for whatever you were creating, and you're sitting in one spot, and you're like, oh, man, I'm stuck. And then you jump up, like, and you, you're about to move, and you go, ah. Oh. That's because you moved the energy, you know? And that's just what I believe. You moved it. So now you started a new time period for that new creative space. But when you are closed-minded, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Closed-minded means that now you have the opportunity to work what has been created. And a lot of people try to create from that space. They try to create from the work space. Like you hear MCs all the time say, man, we're in a studio working. I don't like, I don't like to hear that when I hear that. You know, when people say that, because no, you're not working, you're creating. When you finish creating, now you are working, you know? So I, I think that uh, depending on which platform that, that you, you launch your creativity from, if you launch it from a, a closed mind state, you have a harder time to, to make it come to fruition. If you, if you launch it from a natural space, if you launch it from a creative mindset of trying, of exploring, you just succeed with something that looked like a mistake to someone else. And it seems like you didn't put that fire energy in it, but you have. Anytime somebody is free, when somebody puff weed, right? And they say, I'm free. They, they just, ah, they're just free and light. Anytime somebody is working, they're sweating, they're, they're pushing, they're, they're, and when you sweat and push, and that's friction, right? So that's force, that's, that's stress, that's, that's all of those things. So stop working from that, stop creating from that space and just do the work from that space. Yep. I mean, yeah, that, that's definitely a thing. And I think that people don't, don't I mean, even with me, um, even with writing or in, in 
even when I was producing music, it was just a matter of like whatever happens, just take advantage of the situation because, like you right. said, mistakes. And I, I mean, I, I know many people that their mistakes became platinum hits. You That's know, right. Things of that nature. Even even with me writing, sometimes it's just a matter of trying to go in one direction, but wh whatever for whatever reason, I go off in a different direction. Then it becomes a better piece. You know, my creativity comes out more. Right. And I, that's why I can understand it from that aspect as well. So Molly Mall, Molly Mall sampling, yes, was a mistake. Wow. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, this takes. Oh, it loops it. If I if I let it go, it's a four seconds, and I can loop it. He was just trying to snatch a piece of the record. He didn't know that it was going to loop. Yeah. And then when it looped, he like, oh what, a mistake sampling the core of hip hop production. And he and he became a legend. Yes, he is a legend, a legend. So what 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 um pushed you? I shouldn't say push. What led you into your career in politics? So many different facets, man. Like like so many different um cogs in a wheel. So many different moving parts. Um, and to answer it, uh, it's a buildup, right? Like. A lot of times um, when you get the results of something, it's a buildup. I, I always I often say it like this, like if I'm traveling on a, the highway of life. Right. And my my eyes are my my headlights and they see 200 feet in front of me. When I get on that highway, I have a destination. I say I want to be great. I want to be wealthy. I want my family to be good. I want to be whatever that destination is. That's what I'm driving to. Yeah. When I move another 200 feet, I start to see on ramps and off ramps and signs, destination signs that I couldn't see when I was off in the distance. Right. So now I pull off and I'm interested, you know, in things that I couldn't see back there. Like, oh, wow, that's at that stop. Let me stop and check that out. And I might pick up a baggage. I might pick up some knowledge. I might pick up some understanding that is actually going to help me in my, my other destination. But when, before I got on the highway, I wouldn't be able to tell you that this is where I'm going, you know. And and I think that that's what happened to me as I started to to get into hip hop. My my uh my former manager, Hafiz Fareed. I think you met him a couple of times too. Hafiz Fareed. He said to me, uh. I had, you know, I, you always know me, said I always rocked Newark on my hats, my clothing, all of that type of stuff. And he said to me one time, when was the last time you done something for Newark? And I, I was defensive. I was like, what? I've got Newark on my hat. I got Newark on my shirt. He's like, yeah, I'm not talking about rocking Newark on your clothing, branding Newark. When was the last time you did something for Newark? And it kind of left me stumped. So I started to take my hip hop money and put it into community. I started to go into schools and put on plays and, and pay people to come in and do it with me. I started to be more involved in the community. And by me getting more involved in the community, it started to grow. I started a nonprofit organization called 211 Community Impact, um, where we focus on literacy and education. Um, by doing that, it put me at the doorsteps of the residents and the people that started to say, man, we like your voice. We like how your voice sounds for us. And then you start to understand that there's more problems than just literacy and education. There's uh, local problems and local politics is is probably bigger than, you know, for you and your location that you live in than a federal politics and the federal federal politics, because 
local politics actually um, trickles up. It doesn't trickle down, meaning what's happening locally in your destination and your locale, you can affect federal politics, state politics and, and those things. So it kind of trickles up and getting involved in all of those things. People said, man, we want you to be our voice, dude. And then I started to meet some of the uh, players and the shakers within the city who made the city move. And I realized, wow, they're not too far removed. You know, we when you're younger, you look at certain politicians or cer certain people in the city, you think that they're so far away from you that you cannot touch them until they start asking you for money for their fundraisers, you know, and then it puts you in the room. You. <laughs> right. And then, you know, Roxanne Shante, man, my big sister once said to me, man, she said, you know, uh, if you're in a room, take the mic because you're supposed to be in that room. And and that comes from a, a story of one time I was at her birthday party and it was the legends was there. Big Daddy Kane, Slick Rick and Bismarcky and all of these people. And she passed me the mic to rhyme. And I felt like I wasn't on their level yet because I didn't have a record deal. And I said, nah, let the legends do that. Well, they weren't even legends yet. They were just yeah. out. And I said, let them let them rhyme. They got records deals and all that. And she told me, she said, you know, never if you're in the room, that's because you're supposed to be in the room and you put yourself in that room. So never uh, take away from you being in the room because you're supposed to be there. So with that being said, when I started to be in the room with these politicians, these movers, these shakers within my city, I knew that I played an intricate part in some capacity. And then the people just said, man, we want you to be our voice. And I never thought about being a politician before then. And that's what led me to it, man, community. It's amazing because now you got me thinking and, you know, if, you, if you're in the room, you're supposed to be in there. Because I, I have the same mindset you had where it's like, now nah, I'm going to give this person respect. I'm going to give them, let them get there, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, but, that was me. Wow. that that, that That's amazing. Wow, it, I'm sorry. I, it it really caught me because I'm like I never thought of that, and I never I, I never heard that before. So to mm -hmm. hear that now and to realize that I've been in the room with some some man. Yes, you have. I can vouch. Yeah, I can yeah. vouch for you being. A, that's how I know you from being in the same room with you. Yeah, and real I know, talk. What, but that's funny because, like you said, like all the all the people that. Or legends now, legendary, or has some type of status. Like I'm still cool with. Yes. But at the, at that point in time, I wasn't thinking about either being cool with them or even being on their level, so to speak. So, mm -hmm. not, damn, it, it's it's just shocking just to hear that because, like I said, I never thought of that. And you know, um, and I'm gonna think about it the next time because I, I I stay in some rooms. Um, yes, you do, brother. <laughs> wow, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I just had to I just had to have a moment because that that really affected me. Where it's like, wow, because a lot of people can't get in the room. A lot of people can't yeah, get sure. in the room, said. That's why. And I'm you like, probably yeah. brought a lot of people to certain rooms. Like, yo, yeah. roll with me real quick. You know what I mean? Like, like everybody out there, man. On this podcast, if you are in the room, you're supposed to be in that room. One of my good friends, who's like my big brother, Michael Bivens, he always told me in his Boston accent, he's like, hey, man, if you're in the car, you're supposed to be in the car. If you're not in the car, I guess you're not supposed to be in the car. 
You know what I mean? So it's like when you riding with somebody, if you in a car, you in a car. If you're not supposed to be in there, then you're not supposed to be in that car. So same thing about the room, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just take, like I'm literally like like flabbergasted right now because I never thought of it like that. Okay, so let, let's get back. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it's all up. That threw me off because like I said, that's, I mean, like I say, you're supposed to learn something new every day. And that's definitely something I've never thought about. Um, yeah. But anyway, you, I, I've noticed that even when, when you were doing like film work and things of that nature, you always use 211. W what's that for? What's that about? 211 is the address. Um, so I was inspired, right? I was inspired by Queen Latifah and Shaquem Compare. You know, um, you know them well. You know, shout out to the homies. They're friends to this day. Um, I'm happy for everything that the Queen is doing. The world loves her. But I'm also happy for the things that Shaquem Compare is doing behind the scenes as well. Um, and when they had that firehouse in Jersey City. Yes. <laughs> and everything was under one roof. You know, they had the video department. They had, you know, the marketing department. They had the management department and the record company. I said, wow, I want to be like these Jersey dudes. You know, and they were friends of mine, too. Yeah. So you can be inspired by your friends. <laughs> you know, you should be. You should be inspired by your friends. And, and so when I got the opportunity to take over this building, 211, I had, you know, uh, we have the lofts that's in this building. I got the opportunity to get this building and I put my my uh, media company in there, marketing, promotion. I started to do videos. You know, I did uh, Shalik's video who was on Ruben Rodriguez label. You know, um, I started to do photography. And when I say I started, I started to lead play the lead on this. I wasn't actually taking the pictures or yeah. I started to bring all of the players in house to uh, work for or to be um, commissioned to do for 211, but all under one roof. We started doing printing and making flyers for the local promoters and everything at this media company. Uh, I have a studio in the building. So we started to record all the talent in the local area, but I didn't have a name. And I didn't want to be typical by, oh, do it all yeah. productions. Uh, and I didn't want to make it kill everybody in the house productions, uh, <laughs> you know. So one day this girl came over. She said, can I sage your place? And I was like, all right, sure. If you're going to get some spirits out of here, then, then <laughs> sage it and pray for it. So she's like, I just want to pray for it, pray for your space and sage it. So she came over. She prayed for the spot. She saged it. And then um, she said, what are you calling it? And I said, I don't know yet. She said, don't force it. This goes back to what we were just talking about, about forcing things. She said, don't force it because you, the name is going to come to you and you're going to know when it's right. So I didn't force it. I stopped thinking about a name. And the address of the place is 211. Yeah. So while thinking of the name, everybody would say, dude, where you going? I say, meet me at 211. Oh, all right, cool. I'm going to be at 211. For a year, we said, yo, 211, is 211 doing the video? You recording at 211? So it became 211 Media Group. And then from that portion, you know, I just believe when you have a, a profiting side of something, you need to have a non-profiting side of something. So I started 211 Media Group, and then we started 211 Community Impact which was the nonprofit side of it. So that's how we got the 
got the name of it, man, just by uh, in 211 Studios, 211 Films, and all of that because we were doing everything out of 211, out of the building, which address is 211. Yeah, I noticed that over the years. I've always meant to ask you, and just like remember, like right now, you know. Yeah. yeah. But, but I also want to give props to um, Queen Latifah because. My um, company name, like you said, I don't want it to be Big Says This, or even my website, the Industry Cosign, but my company name is Akimor. Mm, People are like, what does that mean? I was reading an article where Latifah says something about, you know, we're all kings and queens. That's why she took the title Queen Latifah. And I said, right. you know what? I'm a king in my own right. right. So it's the acronyms, A, a king in my own right. So wow, I give that's dope. That's super yes, dope. I, yeah. Um, and when I thought about that, as I'm as I'm I'm like, I'm a king in my own right. And I'm like, A K I M Bang. I copy it's copywritten and everything. So it's like uh, and, and like you're the first person I ever told that story to be. I just tell people wow. more part, the you know, the acronym, but I never told them. Right, when you see a bunch of people have children, have little sons, and they name a Kimor. I'm looking for you. Including me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I said, I, I definitely got, got to give props. And as many times I saw Latifah after that, I've never said that to her. I've never told her that. And yeah, she didn't love that story. Yeah, and, and I, like I said, it, like she, she didn't realize she she inspired me without actually talking to me. And I always tell people sometimes that you can get inspiration from your friends through their work or through their words. And I definitely got that title based on what Latifah said in that interview, she's like, I'm a, you know, I'm a queen. I'm like, I'm a king. I'm a king in my own right. So, but anyway. Um, Yo, that's, that's, that's super dope, man. And, and it's crazy. Well, it's not crazy, but it's very interesting how you can inspire. Because I want the MCs and the artists out there to understand what you just said. You can inspire people by never talking to them, right? So, you know, when, when we were out in Laws of the Underground, at one point, I used to have the Charles Barkley mentality as a young dude, right? And what I mean by that is, I'm not a, I'm not a, um, a role model. Don't look at me to be a role model. And now I know that that was just a youthful way of giving me the right out to do whatever I wanted to do. But I didn't want people to look at me as a role model, right? And, and I didn't want that because it was just like, I want to be able to, you know, don't let what I do affect you. But when you're put on a certain platform, when you have these screens in front of you, whether it's a smartphone now or a smart TV or the big screen in a movie theater or Netflix or whatever these apps are, you have a responsibility when there are eyes watching you. Because whether you tell them to do or not to do, they will be under, they will be influenced by you and when you're under the influence of anything, you're really not yourself. Exactly. You're acting as if or, or like or of this type of situation. But when you and you can be inspired by someone. But when you inspired by someone, you're in spirit with that person. And all of this happens or can happen without ever mentioning a word directly to that person. So all of the people out there who believe that, oh, nobody ever told me or nobody. But if you listen, listen to a record enough that says kill, 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 you're going to have some killing thoughts in your mind. If you listen to a record that that says live, 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 you're going to want life. You're going to speak life, you know. So 
be careful of what you put out there on these platforms because whether you talk directly to the individual or not, it still will affect them by influencing them or inspiring them. I got two examples. Murder, Inc. Right. Ready to Die. Oh, my God. So it's like... Talk um, that talk, Sid. Yep. Talk that talk. <laughs> now, and Rockefeller. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Exactly. Now a billionaire. Yep. With probably, the drama. Probably has more money than the actual Rockefeller, you know? Hey, if you throw his wife in there. Exactly. <laughs> now, I, I, I literally just came back from um the Battle of the Bands. Honda did a Battle of the Bands at HBCU. The first one they did at HBCU. They used to do nice. that at a neutral site. And I know you've, you've gone, you went to HBCU. That's right. Unfortunately, I'd never had the chance, but because my friends went, I had a lot of friends, Howard Hampton, Virginia State, you know, other places, Morehouse. And mm -hmm. The one thing I do that I do notice is that the 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 family the the familiar the familiarity with mm -hmm. people that go to HPCU. What are your thoughts? And being that um, Deion Sanders has done such a magnificent job bringing so much attention, not only because of his winning ways, but because of what he speaks about the HBCUs. HBCUs are now getting more attention. What are your thoughts about like the whole HBCU um, just experience now? What's going on? I think still, I think uh, HBCUs are, are still important. Yeah. Right. Very much so. I, I think that, especially with the whole um, uh, critical race theory yeah, going on, right? With the CRRT. And the reason why I think that HBCUs are, are very important because it, they give you history and talk about the culture that you come from or the culture of black and brown people. You know, the historical um, black college and university. I, I think that that's important for you to know where you come from, uh, the culture. And now even more so important because of critical race theory, that they don't yeah. want these lessons taught in certain universities. They don't want this lessons taught in certain schools. And I think that that's a, a, a detriment to, to somebody who doesn't know their culture, who doesn't know their history, because if you don't know, you're bound to uh, go through it and be repeated. It's, it's bound to be repeated. You know, uh, you're bound to, to go through things that you didn't know you had the right to, uh, live through or now you have to fight for something that was already fought for or but i think it just when you know and knowledge is everything right so when yeah. you know you can apply it to your life differently you can teach your children differently but when you don't know how can you um teach somebody else what's going on i see the way i believe the way you learn something is the way you teach it so if you never learn black history, black and brown history, if you never learn what HBCUs has to offer, and I'm not just talking about the classroom, I'm talking about the day-to-day -day life lessons of being around someone who is like you, of you, comes from you. And this is not a racist remark at all. You know, it's just saying that uh, if I'm in Puerto Rico, and if I'm around Puerto Ricans and I am not and I don't know anything about the culture of Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican or Puerto Rico, 
then I'm not going to act as as yeah. them. I'm not going to know how to apply uh, myself in totality around them until I understand their history, until I have experiences of living around them, until I have experiences of understanding their culture. And if you wipe out the culture and don't do not give uh, a young scholar the opportunity to know which um, what is present and what exists, then how do you expect them to have certain respects for that culture? if they have no knowing of, of the history of that culture. So I think that HBCUs are incredibly important to black and brown people for the culture's sake, for the application of, of life lessons, um, as well as the way we learn and the way we, we teach. It's a little different at times. And we have to be intentional and specific when it comes to uh, certain individuals and certain individuals of, of different um, different, uh, I guess, races, races, just to, just to, for the lack of better words. And I'll go back to the, to the Spanish, to the, to the, um, Puerto Rico. If, you know, if you have a bunch of people who speak Spanish and you teaching them at a school that does not teach Spanish, how do you expect them to really learn their culture? That's true. That is true. Um, so, You've gone through changes as far as, you know, your career, you know, becoming a rapper and, like I said, a politician. How do people treat you knowing your background as an artist? Can, I'm going to be a thousand percent honest with you, man. Um, I feel like my entire life I've had to prove myself to people. I feel like I had to prove myself in hip hop. When you're not selling any records, people don't worry about you. Yeah. When you start to sell records, people worry about you being on a record with them or not, or being in a certain place with them, or depending on who that artist is. So I have to prove myself in that field. You know, um, then leaving from the hip hop game, you know, Lords of the Underground, we never really was a negative group. We was a have fun party type of group. So we didn't sell. 20 kilos in a record and kill 40 people on the first verse. We, we just didn't do that. And we didn't really call women B's and, and, and H's, you know what I mean? We, we, we kind of kept it a little clean. We might've said the N word a few times, even cuss once in a while, but for the most part it was clean. Yeah. So that's why none of my opponents could really use any negativity against me. Now I didn't know I was going to run for yeah, course, council. Yeah. I was just being me. Yeah. But at the same time, the elders don't want to hear that. All they know is that the bad rap, no pun intended, that the rap rappers get. So all they all they want to know is who is this guy? Why is he coming into politics? How can we believe them? Why should we believe him? And now I have to prove myself all over again. Not that I went to school, not that I've spent money and done for the community through my nonprofit. I have to show receipts, whereas to certain individuals don't have to show receipts in certain spaces. So I had to do that. Now, once I win, now people don't believe, some people don't believe that I have the fortitude or the competency to actually do the work. So now I got to prove all over again that I can do the work from governing to actually community. 
you know? So now I got to prove that I can govern to the people who, who've been in government for 30 years, 40 years. Now they have this rapper. Who does this guy think he can come in here and just govern? So, man, when I talk about um, struggle and stress and suffering, I now have come into a new space that I believe that that's just God's way of dealing with me until I make it to that next level. You know what I mean? Whatever those levels are. So I, I've taken it to to uh, not all be cool with it because no one likes pain, but I have a certain understanding that it doesn't it doesn't feel the way that it used to feel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's, it's, it's really sad when when you're doing good, you still get questioned. Because as you said, you're not uh, robbing people, scamming people, and then saying, you know, and, and politicians typically have that reputation, you right. know. So for them to question you, I might have to question them, you know. Right. But, uh, right. Yeah, that's, that's it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I'm, I do appreciate your time. Like I said, I know you have to govern, and you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so I, I want to ask you, like, um, before it's too late. Like what? What's on your agenda as far as what you plan on doing in the future, whether it's for Newark or just in general, um, when it comes to, um, you know, um, politics or just in general, because you, you're also in the community as well. And I know for a fact that even if you weren't a politician, you would still be in the community because you've always been in the community. Most definitely. Yeah. Do you have anything that's coming up or things that you'd like to do that can add to um, your legacy or just? Your comfort level of doing something? So I actually govern where I grew, right? Where I grew up um, in the West Ward of North New Jersey. I am the councilman. And Redman grew up there. Rodiga grew up there. Artifacts. Queen Latifah grew up there before she moved to East Orange. I want to be able to revitalize my community in a way that that I won't even be able to appreciate it because I won't be here. I want it to be able to be something that's sustainable, uh, that lives on, that gives people uh, inspiration, that gives people the opportunity to learn, um, that gives people the, the opportunity to grow as a city. And I want to do it in my ward. I want to do it in my ward, revitalize the things that um, are down or broken. I want to be able to be that person who initiates the fix, right? I just want to initiate it. I want to be able to, to uh, implant the mindset of a younger individual to say that I don't care if you come from hip hop. I don't care if you come out of the church. I don't care if you come out of academia. I don't care where you come from that depending on your mindset, you too can do what I've done. Nothing comes to a person that uh, nothing comes easy to a person without the work. You have to do the work, you know, and the more work you put in, the better the result will be. And I, I just want to leave that legacy that people, young people that come from the number blocks in Newark, New Jersey, that like I come from to allow them and let them know that you, too, can do it all. Do it all. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna ask you a question that may sound funny, but I grew up in New York. What is a ward? And it's funny so, because I've heard of New Orleans and some other states, but it's like 
Yeah, yeah award is just a award is a section of the city. You know, um, in Newark, New Jersey, we have five different wards. We have the north, the south, the central, the east, and the west. And we have a council person who essentially acts as, for the lack of better words, the mayor of that ward. You know, we have a mayor, and in no way am I saying I'm the mayor, but we have a mayor that governs the entire city. And we have four at-large councilmen that float around the entire city. Oh, okay. So it's nine, um, without including the executive branch of the mayor, we have nine legislative branches, uh, nine council people who work on the legislative branch of the city. And I just happen to to govern in the, the West Ward where I grew up, man, and it's definitely an honor. So that's why it's special to me, because I ran those same streets doing mischief things and, you know, uh, being impulsive and and wanting to make it out, right? I wanted to make it out of my city, but it's not until I so-called made it out that made me realize it's not about making it out. It's about making where I come from better. Better, yeah. So will you become, um, in the future, the first hip-hop president? Man, you just made my stomach hurt right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, woof. That's a lot of work. Man, look, man, whatever God has, has for me, God has for me. I, I can't answer that right now. I'm trying yeah. to make I'm trying to make the West Water Newark better. And that's a task. Yeah. You know, and that's a task. So I'm gonna keep focused on this West Ward and, and, and keep growing the West Ward and doing what I have to do in the West Ward. And whatever that highway of life, back to that. Whatever those off ramps, on ramps, and, yeah. and destination signs are that I couldn't see when I was off in the distance, whatever they present, and God say, let's go then we'll go or not. Well, this is this is one thing I will say. Sometimes we do need our peoples who are still our peoples to give the direction that we need as opposed to because getting to higher office, you might not hit the people that you're trying to hit regardless of, right. the, um, of the title. So I know that, you know, your people appreciate it. And I think as far as hip hop itself, we can appreciate someone like you doing what you're doing for the community and, um, you know, just being true to yourself. And I will personally say thank you for, you know, helping your peoples and, you know, doing what you do. So thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. And thanks for allowing us to, man, to uh, voice our, to let our voice be heard on, on the platforms, man. You always do an amazing job, man. And you always been a stand up dude. And I forever salute you, King. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. So right I'm going to let you govern. You know, so that way, you know, the other politicians don't be like, well, all he does is interview. Well, yeah. Right, right. Let you do your thing. They will say it. Yeah, exactly. So, but thanks once again. Like I said, any, anytime you need me, you know, you got my number. If I need definitely. you, I'll call you. So, yeah, definitely, um, man. Don't hesitate. For real, um, real talk. And, and I want to I want to see you back on the movie screen here and there as well. And, yeah, yeah, man. We we, we, so. uh, we got some things in the making, man, that, that we, uh, I've been getting a couple of calls about, but. Honestly, man, I, I've been so focused on on um, just doing my job at, as the West Ward Councilman that I, I've been kind of pushing some things away, and uh, I just want to make sure that it makes sense. Yeah. Well, if you if if you have any roles that you are offering, we're about the same complexion. I can cut the hair, so you know if you can't do it, you know just like all me. right. Now I'm gonna get you to be my double or something. <laughs> you might have to put that B fifty two in the beard, though. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, whatever, whatever it takes, right? <laughs> right. <laughs>
Thank you, Councilman. And uh, thank you, again, you take it easy. And to the audience, this industry co-sign, Big Sad, Councilman Dupre. There we go. Chief Rocker, do it all. Lords of the Underground. And Lord I, Chief Rocker number one, Chief Rocker. I need to hear, I need to hear a verse too soon. I, I don't know if you have time. Oh, yeah. I got, I got some new music coming. Okay, I got cool. some new music coming, though, on, cool. on Hip Hop's birthday, August 11th. I got a project that I did with my R&B singer cousin, man, Fatima. It's called, uh, the group is called The Cousins. And um, the album is called Alma, which is our, our grandmother's name. So, yeah. It's, it, we got some music, man. It's my therapy now, man. I just make music. And, and Pat Poose told me I need to start putting in all this music I got out. So I'm going to listen to Pat and just start dropping the music. Yeah, you know, ain't nothing wrong to listen to some music. That's right. As you know, we can go on for hours and hours. But like I said, we both got to do things um, further our career. So Yes, sir. If you do so, and I will do so as well. So until my the next brother. time, peace. Thanks once again. Love. One.